Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. We're so glad you have joined us for this audio sermon. You can find a full archive of sermons on our website, holycommunion.net. This sermon was preached by me, the Reverend Mike Angel, Rector of Holy Communion, on the third Sunday of Advent, December 13th, 2020. In the name of the loving, liberating, life-giving God, who calls us each by name, amen. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? It's a pretty crucial question. The leaders in Jerusalem have dispatched messengers to ask John, that prophet covered in camel fur, eating locusts and wild honey. And John has attracted quite the following. Even some of the elite have caught religion, that dangerous itch. The man can preach. John's gospel gives the messengers the words, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. You see, there's a subtle disbelief in their question. It's there in the tone, in the background. They're really asking, Who do you think you are? Of course, John's answer would be charged. Remember, Jerusalem is occupied by the Roman army. A prophecy told of one who would come, who would restore power to the Jewish people. And prophecy told of a child to be born in the line of David. And prophecy pointed to the anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah. Is that who you think you are, John? As we burn the pink candle this third Sunday of Advent, I thought it would be important for us to talk for a moment about prophecy, about prophets. I've said before to you, it's important that we understand what prophecy is and what it's not in the Bible. Often, I think we associate prophecy with fortune-telling. We imagine prophets were folks who could prognosticate the future. But a true biblical prophet isn't a fortune-teller. That's not what the Bible means by prophecy. The prophetic gift isn't the power to see the future. It's the power to see the present. A prophetic leader can take an honest look at the times at hand. And prophecy isn't about prognostication. Prophecy isn't about guessing the future correctly. A prophetic word is a word about today. A prophetic word tells a truth about today in a way that can make a difference tomorrow. Or, if you're John the Baptist, a prophet might be someone who turns the question around on the messengers. And John says, essentially, me? I'm nobody. There's still another to come. And these messengers are left stuck. If they go back to the leaders in Jerusalem without an answer, they're in trouble. And we don't hear their voices at the end of this gospel reading. We get a sense that they know they've been beat. Because John has said, essentially, I'm not the one that matters. Who do you think you are? This late in December, the inevitable articles start coming out. The year in review. This year, those articles are full of adjectives. It has been a difficult, a strange, a tragic, even, and I dispute this one, but I've seen a lot of it, an unprecedented year year in review. These articles go on to show pictures of political moments or movie stills or fashion trends. 
I'd like to see an article this year titled, The Year in Questions. Questions like, will we ever go back into the office full time? Or was investing in commercial real estate a bad idea? How will we help our kids, all our kids, catch up to grade level after all of this Zoom school? When we can do it someday safely, I've got a lot of invested in this question. When we can do it someday safely, how many folks will come back to church for worship? I'm hoping more than you guess. Yeah, Sunday morning is nice in your pajamas, and about twice as many people are worshiping with us online than used to come on an average Sunday to the building. But online worship isn't really a substitute for standing together, not my estimation. It's not a substitute for gathering around this table. Still, I'm holding these questions. There are deadly serious questions to review this year as well. How will we reshape our broken healthcare system? How will we mark 300,000 plus lives lost? This has been a year of questions, difficult questions. I wonder what questions you are wrestling with. What questions are running over in your mind even as I'm talking? And don't worry, by the way, if you've gone off on your own train of thought, enjoy the ride. I once heard our presiding bishop say the most important sermon isn't whatever the preacher has to say. No, the most important sermon, the hearers are preaching to themselves. So I wonder what questions you are wrestling with as we end this year. I'd be happy to hear them. You can put those questions that you're wrestling with in the comments as you watch or email me later. I'd be happy to hear what are your questions you're reviewing this year. I can't promise I'll know any of the answers. I can promise I'll pray with you. Doesn't seem like a lot, but I can promise I'll pray with you. See, I think a lot of these big questions that we're facing this year, they're spiritual questions they are even, dare I say, religious questions. Because they're rooted in the big, big question. Who do we think we are? I want to offer that this question is critically important to people of faith. It's a question we need to ask at this point in Advent. It's a question I've been asking myself these days. Who do you think you are? In case you need these words like I need these words, ask yourself, who do you think you are? Christmas does not rely on you. No matter how much work you put into perfect presents, to arranging Zoom meetups that will work for all of your family members and their children's sleep schedules, no matter how many cookies you bake, meals you prepare, hours of work you cram in before the end of the fiscal year, Christmas does not rely on you. John the Baptist knew what his job was and what his job wasn't. And there's a certain freedom in John because he knows what his job isn't. Christmas belongs to God. The story belongs to God. The work is God's, not ours. And false narratives are for sale all over the place about how if I get my stuff together, Christmas will be okay. But Christmas was never ours to win. You can't win Christmas. Listen to the words of the prophet Isaiah this morning. 
good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, release to the captives, liberation for prisoners, comfort those who mourn. I, the Lord, love justice. We make Christmas about things that Christmas really isn't about. Christmas isn't about the presents or some ideal of family. Christmas doesn't need to be defended. Maybe this Christmas, when so little of what we depend on is possible, we can make room to ask the question, who do we think we are? Maybe if we find ourselves working a little too hard to make the absolute best of this awful year, maybe this year we can rely a little bit less on ourselves and a little bit more on God. God knows we need to let go a bit. You can only push your way through for so long. So many of us are tired, and this virus right now is getting worse. Even as the first vaccines are being shipped this morning as I preach, it's going to be a while before we turn the corner. We've got more folks with family members in the hospital than I can ever remember during my ministry. And I can't go visit. All I can do is pray. I'm reminded daily that I am not in charge as a priest. I'm not in charge, and I don't like those reminders. I found myself, though, thinking this week about something that Mother Teresa said. She's quoted as saying, You can do no great things, only small things with great love. Small things with great love. Wear your mask. Send the text or the card or make the phone call to the friend, the co-worker, the cousin who might need it. Pray. Small things with great love may be a healthier distillation of Advent than the narrative our world offers, asking us to muscle through the best holiday we can. Small things with great love. It could certainly be a tagline for John the Baptizer. Who do you think you are? can imagine John with his big beard and wild hair smiling in response. Great question, but you're asking the wrong person. Amen.